Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fella. I'm Silver. Hey! Emmett Banbury, governor of the New Mexico Territory, concentrated on his political career to such an extent that he neglected his growing son, Jerry. One evening after returning from a long and tedious trip to Washington... The governor was surprised when his secretary, Glenn Barnett, said... Governor, I hope you won't mind if I speak for a moment about your son, Jerry. Yeah, no, no. Go right ahead, Glenn. How's Jerry doing in school? Jerry graduated from school while you were away, uh, sir. Graduated? Oh, hold on. How can that be? Jerry's only... How old is my son now? Almost 20, sir. You've been so busy and away so much, Governor. Twenty? Well, that's impossible. A boy's a man at twenty. Oh, what I mean Jerry is... Jerry is a man, sir. A strong, impulsive young man who needs curbing and advice. He no longer listens to me or to the housekeeper. But he isn't here. Yes, sir, he is at home now. At least he sleeps here. 
But for the most part, he spends his time in the cafe at the Albuquerque house. Yes. People are beginning to talk, sir, and with the new elections coming up... Yes, send Jerry here to my study at once. Jerry left right after supper, sir, to go to the cafe. We'll go get him. All right, Governor. I'll go there and tell Jerry you want to see him, but... But what? Out with it. I don't expect him to come back here with me, sir. He'll come back when he's ready and not before. I say he's to come home at once. Tell him that at once. I'll tell him, sir. Yes, sir. I'll show that boy he's not as grown up as he thinks. From now on, I'll take him in hand and teach him respect for his elders. The secretary, Glenn Barnett, walked the short distance to the hotel and entered the cafe through the batwing doors. The governor's son, Jerry, a tall, strongly built young man, sat at a table playing cards with the cafe owner, Spike Lamar, and two of his men. They all looked up as Barnett spoke. Good evening, Jerry. Oh. What brings you here, Barnett? Snooping on me so you can report to Dad when you send your weekly mail? Your father is home, Jerry. He arrived on the westbound late this afternoon. He wants to see you at once. Dad here? I thought he was still in the East. What's the difference where he is, Jerry? He doesn't pay much attention to you anyway. Never mind that, Spike. He is my father. Why not tell Dad I'll be home later? He's waiting to see you now. I'm sorry. He'll have to wait until I finish this game. Listen, Jerry. Never I'll... mind the lecture. Go tell Dad what I said. I'll see him later. All right. I'll tell him just that. Later, when Jerry arrived home, his father called to him from the study as he passed the door. Jerry! Oh, hello, Dad. Jerry, I want to talk to you. Sit down, Jerry. Thanks, sir. I'm trying not to lose my temper with you, Jerry, because this is the first time I've seen you in many months. But I sent Mr. Barnett to the cafe with a message for you. I expected you to come back with him. Dad, I am not a young boy any longer. Why should I take orders from that dude secretary of yours? Barnett was carrying out my orders. I'll overlook the reply you sent back, but get this. I'll not have you spending your time and wasting your money, my money, gambling at that cafe. Dad, maybe if you try to understand... I understand plenty. I'll not have you mixing with that riffraff at the cafe. Someday you will follow in my footsteps. Hold office. No. I'm not the type for politics, Dad. I know what I want to do. Really? Well, I'm interested. What do you want to do? I want to run the ranch you own down near Las Cruces. What? My roommate's father owned a big ranch near school. I spent a lot of time there and learned to ride and shoot expertly, Dad. I've been on roundups. I've roped and branded cattle and I... Ridiculous. After all the education you've had, you want to be a rancher. But, Dad, most of the really big ranchers are educated men. And they're sending their sons away to learn scientific methods of breeding and raising cattle. Harry, I have a competent man running my ranch. There's no need for you to be there. Oh, listen, Dad. No, you listen. I'm governor of this territory. I expect to be re-elected. Later, I'll run for senator. Perhaps be a member of the cabinet. 
I it... hope you make it, Dad. But I'm not interested in holding office. You'll change your mind. You're still very young. I'm 20, Dad. Old enough to know what I want to do and to make my own living at it. Uh, Jerry, my plans are made. You'll be assistant to Glenn Barnett. He'll teach you the ropes. He's a smart politician. Maybe he's a smart politician, but to me, he's also a sneaky eastern dude who's trying to... Stop that! I trust Barnett implicitly. Jerry, I've... I've given you everything. You can't deny that. Yeah. Everything. Except what a son hopes for from his father. Just what do you mean by that? Uh, Never mind. You wouldn't understand. Eh? Dad, if you'll excuse me now. Very well. I have a lot of work to do. Good night, Jerry. Good night, Dad. Later that night, Glenn Barnett, the governor's secretary, knocked on the back door of Spike Lamar's office at the cafe. Hello, Barnett. Come in. Sit down. Thanks. What brings you here tonight? I overheard the governor talking to Jerry. He plans to have him work as my assistant. Uh, That would be risky. You might find out something. I know. Nobody knows you and I are working deals together, Spike. Though I suspect that gunslick of yours, Frank, is getting wise. What makes you think so? He stopped me outside when I was here to see Jerry earlier tonight and said for a price he'd keep quiet about something he knew. Frank said that? Why, that dirty polecat, I'll see Wait. The election's are next month. If the governor is discredited, Spike, we'll run you in his place. I know the ropes and I can swing a lot of votes. If you're elected, you'll appoint me to a high office and I'll help you run the territory. That would be something. Right now is the time to make our plans. I'm listening. We'll plan a dispute leading to gunplay between the gunman Frank and the governor's son, Jerry. Frank will get shot and Jerry will be accused of his murder. The governor will have to withdraw. Then, with my help and backing, you'll be elected. You've planned things well, Barnett. But Frank's a crack shot and fast on the draw. In a gun battle with young Jerry, he wouldn't be the one to get shot. It will call for careful planning by you, Spike. Jerry's sure to disregard his father's orders and come here tomorrow. Get him and Frank at a table near a window back in the card room. And then what? See that Frank sits facing the window. Make certain they play out one hand between them. Well? At the right moment, one of your men standing near Frank will lay an ace on the table saying he found it on the floor. Jerry will think Frank intended to cheat him. He's very hot-tempered. Yes, so he'll draw his gun, tell Frank to reach for his, and then the governor's son, Jerry, will be the one to get the bullet. Frank draws and shoots like lightning. Just a moment, Spike. We'll call the play. Your best gunman, Carlos, will be ready outside the open window. He'll shoot Frank before Frank reaches for his gun. We'll be sure he's out of the way and Jerry Banbury will be accused of murder. But the bullets in Jerry's gun will prove he didn't fire the shot. I can get to Jerry's gun tonight. I'll see to it there's a used cartridge in the first chamber of the barrel. (laughs) After tomorrow, Spike, the governor will be finished and we'll be on our way up. The 
following afternoon, when Jerry Banbury appeared at the cafe, Spike invited the young man to play cards with him and the gunslick Frank. He managed to seat the two men according to Glenn Barnett's instructions. Only the one table was occupied in the card room. Spike purposely played a poor game and soon saw the pile of cash grow in front of Frank as the governor's son consistently lost. Finally, Spike threw down his cards and pushed back his chair. Uh, count me out this time. Play is between you two, hombres. I'm raising your hundred, Banbury. Well, hey, I... Hey, Frank. Here's a card you dropped. Another ace. How could you? Hey, I didn't drop that. He picked it up from the floor beside you. You've been cheating me. This gun says I'm taking back what I lost. Why, you sneaking young... Oh! Jerry, you shot Frank. What? Hey, what's happening here? Frank's done for. He didn't have a chance. His gun still holds me. Well, I... I didn't pull the trigger. I... Cover him, man. All right. I'll send for the sheriff. Jerry Banbury just committed murder. Later, Tonto, Indian companion to the Lone Ranger, pulled to a stop at a camp in the hills near town, where the masked man was waiting. Oscar, no fella. You've been riding fast, Tonto. Something happened in town. Uh, fella get killed in card game at cafe. Them say, son of governor, one who kill him. Jerry Banbury, a killer? Ah. It doesn't seem possible. Kimasabi. Him fella Dan right about from school. Yes. Jerry was an upperclassman at Dan's school. Was very helpful to Dan when he started there. I met the boy a few times when I had business at the governor's mansion. Young Banbury swear him not pull trigger. Mm, I'd like to get all the facts. If the charge of murder against Jerry stands, the governor will be finished and his son will be hanged. The Lone Ranger was greatly disturbed. He thought for a few moments, then spoke. Tonto, it may be more than a coincidence that this has happened just before elections. You think there's any possibility the boy was framed? Maybe. But it happened in back room a cafe. Plenty men here shot. Jerry hold gun. Dead man not have chance to draw. All right, Tonto. I'll remove my mask and disguise my features. Then we'll ride into town and find out everything we can about that killing. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. It was dusk when the Lone Ranger, to all appearances a well-to-do rancher, rode into town with Tonto and dismounted at the Albuquerque house. Tonto waited outside while the Lone Ranger walked to the street entrance to the cafe and pushed through the batwing doors. He slowed his steps as he overheard a discussion of the killing. When I burst in the door, Banbury was sitting there dazed like, holding his gun. He's guilty, there's no question sure. about it. Begging your pardon, man, but I'm curious to know just where those hombres were sitting when it all happened. I can tell you that, stranger. Yeah? It was in the back room at a table close to the side window. Well, Banbury sat with his back to that window. The man who got shot was facing it. The third player, Spike Lamar, sat between the other two at the side of the table. Well, thanks for the information. Oh, that's all right. It's a clear case. The Lone Ranger rejoined Tonto outside and led him into the shadows between the buildings. Why did we come here, Kimosabe? I want to look at the ground near the side window of the back room. Oh, that's the window. Strike a match, Tonto. Uh Ah. A look. Ah. Footprints. Fellow crouch under window. Maybe two or three hours ago. You see? Toe marks deep and heavy. Heel marks light. I'll strike another match. Yes, the footprints show someone left here and went to the back of the building. And footprints show fellow run, Kimosabe. Let's follow them. Uh. The footprints led to the back door of Spike Lamar's office. The Lone Ranger was silent a moment, then said, Otto, I believe Jerry was framed, but we must prove it. Um, but that's not easy. What we do? Spike Lamar, the third player at the table this afternoon, is the cafe owner. The footprints lead to his office door. I know I have a plan that may work. There'll be some risk for you. Um, me do it. What's your plan? You know Lamar by sight? Uh-huh. Good. Now listen closely, Tonto. This is what I want you to do. A short time later, Tonto entered the cafe, and acting like an Indian not used to mixing with white men, moved furtively through the crowd towards Spike Lamar. Tonto glanced about, as if anxious to speak to anyone, then stopped and spoke hesitatingly to Spike. Uh, maybe you tell him where me find lawman chief. Lawman chief? Uh. <laughs> you must mean the sheriff. Uh, that right. Well, he'd be at his office. Office? Yes, sort of like his wigwam, you might say. Oh, uh, where me find office? Tell me, Indian, why do you want to see the sheriff? Uh, me tell him about feller. At window, who shoot gun and run away. Look, you don't make sense, you... Wait a minute. Come with me. Spike quickly took Tonto into his back office and closed the door. Then he asked... Now, what did you say about someone at a window? Well, pale face, crouched near side window. Then him shoot gun, run away. When other brave come to village and say feller in cafe get shot... Me think me come and tell Lawman about Paleface at Winder. Who have you told about that? Me tell you. Just me, huh? Ah. Well, listen, Indian, I'll tell the sheriff for you. You can go back to your village. Ah, that good. Uh, me go now. You come to town often? Two, three times. Me come back tomorrow, maybe. Me go now. Uh, better go out the back way. Where's your horse? Uh, him round front. Uh, you go on. I'll tell the sheriff what you told me. Good night. Carlos, Carlos. Get out front quick. An Indian will be moaning at the hitch rack. 
He saw you at the window this afternoon. Follow him. You'll know what to do. Caramba. I'll get right after him. A bright moon was shining, and in the shadows near the edge of town, the Lone Ranger, once again wearing his mask, waited on Silver. Soon he heard fast hoofbeats and saw Tonto pass on the trail. A few moments later, another rider rode hurriedly after Tonto. Someone following Tonto. My plan is working. All right, Silver, we'll follow them. Come on, boy. Carlos moved up behind Tonto. He saw the Indian look back. I get him. Then as Carlos drew his gun... Oh, oh, steady. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, easy, steady, big fella. Hey, my stone, Ray. Why did you... Get up. Oh, my shoulder. This is the man Spike wants to get rid of, Tonto. With Spike's idea to send him after you. Uh, this fella know too much. We're wasting time. We have Spike's orders. Caramba. Yes, pull the double cross. I do not savvy. Simple enough. The law is wise to the fact that young Banbury was framed. If you're picked up, you'll talk. So it's better for Spike if you're out of the way. No, no, no. Wait, mister, listen. Spike forced me to do it. He said he would have me killed if I did not wait at the window and shoot Frank. The whole thing was planned by him and the hombre who works for the governor. Now we have what we want, Toto. Ah. He fell for our little trick. Trick? You mean you did not work for Spike? That's what I mean. We'll take you back to the sheriff's office. You, you're helping the law. You did trick me. Right. Perhaps if you tell the sheriff what you know, it may help you. You'll have a chance with the law. But if you decide not to talk, you'll hang while Spike and his partner go free. Oh, no, I shall not take all the blame. I will tell everything. Good. Let's go. Later at the sheriff's office, the governor paced the floor as he spoke bitterly to his secretary and the sheriff. I can't believe my son could do such a thing. Looks like an open and shut case against him, governor. I'm sorry about all this, governor. It will... Well, it will cost you the election, I'm afraid. Yes, yes, I withdraw my name. I'm through. I... Hey, what? A mask on, Wait, up. Sheriff, I know that man. He's a friend, and one I'm glad to see right now. Good evening, Governor. Good evening. Hey, why you got your gun on Carlos? He'll tell you. Governor, I'll go back to the house. Stay where you are, Barnett. Uh, Now, Carlos, talk. uh, I killed Frank, but I was... Carlos told the details of the frame-up. The governor and sheriff listened in amazement. When Carlos finished, Glenn Barnett suddenly drew a gun from under his coat. I'll not let this lying Mexican involve me in this case. Hold it! I thunder, Governor, this means your son is innocent. Thank heaven. It also means I'll not have to withdraw from the elections. Which means more to you, Governor? Your son or your ambitions? Well, I... Sheriff, I suggest you put these two men into cells and have your men bring in Spike Lamar. Yeah, sure. The Sheriff and Tonto took Carlos and Glenn Barnett back to the cells. The Lone Ranger, alone with the Governor, spoke. Governor, I wish I had your permission to forget your high office for a few moments and uh, to talk to you man to man. Uh, Listen to whatever you have to say, sir. In pursuing your ambitions, you've forgotten your duties as a father. Have you talked to Jerry? No, I was too bitter to face him. You failed him again when he needed you most, sir. Yes, a growing boy needs discipline, but he also needs advice, encouragement, and the affection of his father. You gave faith and trust to your secretary while you neglected your son. Yes, I admit you're right. Have you ever had a heart-to-heart talk with Jerry? No, I I haven't had time. Governor, it's a father's duty to take the time and his privilege to help mold the character of his boy 
so that he'll be a worthwhile citizen. Others can fill your position as governor, but no one can take your place as Jerry's father. I... I'm sorry to be so outspoken, sir. You have my heartfelt thanks, sir. I needed and deserved to hear what you said. Let's... Let's go see my boy. Right. A few moments later, the governor and the Lone Ranger entered Jerry's cell. Jerry, son. Dad, why... I didn't think you'd ever want to see me again. Believe me, Dad, I didn't do it. I, I spent time at the cafe because... Well, because I felt I wasn't wanted at home. That you... Well, that, that you didn't want... To... <laughs> oh, Dad, I... I'm sorry about everything. I... It's all right, son. I've... I've come to take you home. Home? Yes, Jerry. You've been proved innocent. That's right. Our masked friend got the proof, and he made me realize, Jerry, that you mean more to me than anything else in the world. Oh, oh Dad. Dad! Governor, I'll leave you with your son. <laughs> While the governor and his son had a heart-to-heart -heart talk, Spike Lamar was brought in and jailed. Later, Jerry stood beside his father in the sheriff's office. Jerry was saying, Dad, this is the first time we've ever had an understanding talk together. No matter how busy you may be from now on, I'll know you're not keeping me out of your life. Well, son, now that we've found each other, I, I don't want to leave you. I'll tell you what... You come with me while I make my final election speeches around the territory. And then I'll spend some time at the ranch watching you learn the ropes. Now, how about it? Oh, Dad, that's fine. <laughs> you really mean you'll allow me to learn ranching? Yes, and the sooner the better if you hope to take over and run our ranch someday. You're a good judge of character, son. You hit the nail on the head about Barnett. You'd make a good politician. Dad. <laughs> But a far better rancher, I'm sure. Well, Governor, Lamar and Barnett have confessed everything. In a way, it's a good thing this happened. You found out about Barnett. And thanks to my dear friend, the mass man, the truth came to light in more ways than one. I was sorry to see him and Tonto leave. Oh, Dad, uh, you haven't told me who that masked man is. Jerry, certainly. He's a man the whole country can be proud of. He's kind... Clever and strong, with a deep abiding faith in God and country. I sincerely hope, my boy, that you'll grow at least in a small way to be like the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace <laughs> Beamer.